What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the kingdom. My name is Drums. As always, I'm joined by the brothers behind King Golf, Regan and Jorn Headley. Teeing things up. First, as always, Regan, what's going on, buddy? How's the weather? <laughs> the weather is beautiful. <laughs> we, we had a chance. I drove, uh, took the afternoon off yesterday of work and drove to Brandon to golf with uh, George Rippey and Moose at Deer Ridge. Nice. Uh, not, nothing against Deer Ridge, but I, I can't see myself ever taking an afternoon off to drive into Deer Ridge again. But I'm yeah. good. Good. I'm very good. Like, was um, was there many people out there, or was it just you guys? Oh, packed. yeah. Like, it's packed? Oh, yeah. Did they have carts, or did you have to walk? Well, they had carts, but we had to walk. Mm. We, uh, they were sold out of carts by the time we booked, so we were on foot. I think they had three carts to rent, so. And, of course, <laughs> the other voice you're hearing is his brother, Jorn. How you doing, bud? Top of the evening to you, boys. It's a monumental Bye. day in the world, for sure. Uh, yeah, as Rigo said, we played Deer Ridge yesterday. It was definitely the first time I've ever golfed in November, <clears throat> for sure, in Manitoba. Uh, it, was a, it was cold, though. It, it was, it's November, so it was a cold wind, so my lips were kind of chapped. They still might be a little bit red. Um, I got haircut schedule on Saturday, so I wanted to Ooh. take my hat off, and just in case I never have hair this long again. First, um, first one since COVID? Second. Oh. I don't think I'm going to take a whole lot off it, though, but it needs a trim. Like, it's it's getting pretty mullety in the back, if, if that's a word, mullety. I was actually going to comment on that tonight. Like, yesterday, when, like, I got to the course before you guys, and you guys pulled up in the truck, like, I was obviously wondering who the long-haired guy was. And <laughs> Good time crazy. to do it. It's cool pandemic. Yep. That's right. Jason Drummond. I don't Lots. know if the viewers would know your name. I don't think we've ever called you Jason before. I don't know many people would. I remember who's, uh, who's Jason. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember T. asked me that one time. He's like, I completely forgot who Jason was. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how some guys are like that. Jason, not much, man. We uh, just finished putting a crib together, so the old baby room is getting ready for. Ready for launch. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. the dog's excited about it. Yeah, apparently. But it uh <laughs> you got two two and a half? It's making two and a half months. Yeah, it's making this whole thing really real. <laughs> Time's flying. Yeah, that's crazy. Time's flying. Yeah, I thought you said you're flying. Flying yeah, the hell out of it. Flying the hell out of it. Get out here. <laughs> flying the coop. <laughs> Not yet. We'll see what it looks yeah, like first. Know. Good. So how the, how's the build? Did you have to watch a video or did you just use the instructions or just free baller? Uh, tried free balling, go to instructions. Yeah. Once you screw up, you know, usual. True. Uh, hey, uh, do, do you know what uh, sex the kid is yet? No. Just keeping it. Oh, you're, you're going to wait till the end? Just see what happens when it nice. falls out. Yeah, that's. I think that's the way it should be, actually. Yeah. It falls out. Hopefully it doesn't <laughs> fall out. <laughs> Uh shit. Well, boys, I would say uh, we got a we got an episode tonight, episode nineteen. Who would have thought we'd get to nineteen? That's actually uh, we, insane, man. Kind of is actually, and it. Uh, I mean, it's nineteen weeks. I think we took one week off because we had a bit of an issue with it, but 
Actually, you remember that drums? We had a whole episode recording. You didn't press the record button. Yep. So it's been 20 weeks, I guess, since we started this thing. We did our uh, another question and answer, I guess you'd call it, for our, our pals on Instagram. So we got uh, we got some questions. We got some funny comments and stuff. We probably won't get to some of the, I guess you'd call them comments more than questions, but we'll try to get to as many as we can. And uh, we're kind of just going to go with that tonight. I don't think we have a second segment planned or anything. We're just going to kind of BS for a while and see kind of where that leads. So... Um, if you're listening to this today, it's November the 4th. Yesterday was a 2020 election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Sleepy and Joe. They still, they still don't know who the president is. So I guess just to timestamp it a little bit. That's we're so wild all, to me. Yeah. That we're a day later and we have no, no confirmation. Yeah, we probably won't know tonight either, eh? Well, we won't know for like months the way things are going. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. So, yeah, Rigo, I guess. Uh, I, think, I was just going to say to get into the random things. Uh, no, uh, so, just hang on a sec. Well, we're just going to talk about things here for a quick second. Oh I know Rigo wants to avoid this as much as possible. But uh, I think that it's it's a little bit crazy times. And I think that we'd be silly not to just talk about it briefly. Just just for the fact that it is time stamped and it is it's a very chaotic moment in our life. And it's something that uh, I've never experienced before anything close to this in our lifetime. Um, and I don't, we're definitely not going to get into whose party should be winning and what's going on behind the scenes, but I don't know. It's just weird. Like, is, are you guys not, have you guys felt tension like this before with anything? Well, like not this year or not like this year. Like yeah. I don't feel like obviously it's amped up again now for the election, but like this whole year with everything that's gone on, mm-hmm. COVID, uh, the racial tension, everything else added to it. Definitely not. Like this is a once in a lifetime thing that we're living, that we're living. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Rigo. Uh, the only, the only thing that I could say is I think that we have more access via social media, via everything else sure. to the actual news. So I think that I'm not going to say there's ever been anything as bad as it is right now, but I feel like we're just, our eyes are kind of open because the media is portraying it to us this way now. And we've never seen it's that definitely before. A, yeah. It's definitely intensified because of that and it's making a lot of people who are usually anxious, even more anxious in life. But I, I think that I personally, I don't think that either I would want either of those guys i don't think that either of them are mentally fit to be a president and i've said i said something and i think i heard it on tim ferris's podcast a little while ago and it it said if any if any person thinks that they should be running a country then they're probably not mentally fit to be running a country and i think that that's true and there's been so many back and forth things in the last 10 20 years between people just voting because they hate the candidate so much that's been running. I think that it, I think that they, we really need just a full reset of how things go. I think that that's what I've learned from this whole thing is that it's not right that one, there shouldn't be this much on the line with anything. Right. Right. Like we, the same kind of topic comes up like with gun control where they say, well, guns a hundred and some years ago were completely different okay, like political landscapes, like the whole world was completely yeah. different. Like how can you not think or adjust. like attempt to adjust it, right? I agree. Like the whole the whole system is is completely nuts. Like watch something on 
about like electoral colleges and like why certain states have more um, power with their votes. Like, it's just crazy. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. So, yeah. So it, it just seems like things have been boiling up. And I think that a lot of people knew that this was going to happen the way it's happening, just based on how things have gone with the right. mail votes and stuff like that. But it's just weird to be right in the mix of it right now. It just seems yeah. surreal that it's actually happening. Yeah. And we're, we're pretty blessed to be, I don't like using the word blessed, but I guess we should be thankful that we're kind of on this side of the border at this moment. Cause it just seems like even in Canada, things are so tense. So right. I really couldn't, I can imagine being down there. So I guess we'll just hope for, uh, hope for some better days here. And uh, it is just the whole, the whole world is just kind of somber right now and dark and it, it's tough to go through things like that. So I just kind of wanted to have this just to remember how, things were going at this time of our life so Rigo, oh, take right. us to some golf yeah away from that stuff you know how i feel about talking about yeah i know everything in that in that uh respect i don't know i if you don't if you don't go looking for it you don't see anything about it i've i've kind of ignored the whole thing but minus what you guys have been sharing the last couple of days but uh on the weekend we uh threw some money down on uh sunday morning on our boy, uh, Brian Gay. There's some tension in our group chat, uh, me, Rippy, and Jor. Towards the end, when uh, Gay three-putted 17, and uh, I told Jor to cash out right before that. He didn't. Uh, Gay three-putted, so I was pretty fired up. And then he hit a shot to inside two feet on 18 to shut me the hell up and uh, went on to win the tournament in a playoff. And uh, it, it came in a, in a in a playoff over Clarky Boy, Wyndham Clark. And uh, that's got to be tough for him, man. Like, he hits an unreal drive on 18 in regulation, then stuffs one for his first PGA win. Like, it was probably like 12 feet, maybe a little farther, and misses that putt, gets to the playoff hole, pumps another drive, Puts it to six feet after Gay put it to like ten feet right before him. Gay makes and, it, and Gay makes it, and uh, Clarky misses. And I just wanted to touch on that quickly. Just we go through all like I try to give my Reggie stroke savers and stuff like that, but I just don't feel like there's anything. And we've we've all been there on short putts and men's night in a match that you think means so much, or like the Tamrack, and you're you go to hit that putt. And your hands are shaking so goddamn bad that you can't even hit the putt. And that's for like nothing. Like there's nothing on the line for us. Yeah. This is this guy's first, a yeah. chance at his first PJ win. So you could go through all the drills you want. You could go to the gym every day, but nothing actually prepares you for that one moment when you have that 12 footer to win. Like there's nothing that prepares you for that. You can't do anything. Yeah. It's just no, kind of, you just, yeah, go ahead, Drew. That's kind of what I said when you told us to cash out i said this is this isn't over like brian gay's what is he 49 years old like he's been around this guy's looking for his first pga win on tour plus i think that the main thing for me was there was fans there and i understand that they're quite limited with fans but even sitting at home you could tell how much pressure there was compared to the last few events where there's been no fans there and yeah. I think that somebody made that point of Morikawa winning the PGA Championship because there was no fans there. And he's a young guy with not a whole lot of experience that didn't have the same impact on him. 
Right. And there's a lot of people that said if there was fans there that he wouldn't have won that tournament. Yeah. And we'll mm. never know. No, that makes sense. Right. It really does. But there's fans there. But I guess he could also... There's a whole lot of... There's enough pressure for it to get your first win. Add fans to that when you haven't had fans for how many months, right? I don't know. Right. Like, I guess he could take kind of peace in the fact that he didn't screw up right. to lose it. Like, he still finished yeah, well. Yeah, two short birdie uh, get... putter let him down, right? It's just... Yeah, just gay, gay came out of out of nowhere. Cinderella story. Yeah, uh, Did you call that a thing. short birdie putt though. Like Both I could feet. see if he missed a three footer to win. I'd like but to I see mean, the percentage of that putt yeah. during regulation. It's probably pretty high. Less than fifty. No, I don't think so. Twelve footer. There wasn't much break. Those guys make a lot of those putts in the playoff. Under North. Oh, the playoff was even shorter. The playoff was like six feet. Yeah. But at that time, you're kind of like, he would have had so many emotions going through him. Oh, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, you can't measure that kind of stuff. And that's where stats kind of um, mislead that a little bit because there's a whole lot of difference between a 12-footer on Thursday morning versus a 12-footer to win a tournament. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't prepare for that moment. Do you think like if he – like say he did win and that was his first win, do you think going back to fans, you would be more comfortable going down the stretch with the lead? Having sure. already won for sure, then this is your first win. Like the difference yeah. between that putt going in and not is like what a centimeter. Yeah, if he makes that putt, you kind of break that barrier of I can win out here, right? Right. But Plus. at the same time, on the other hand, yeah, I mean that's how guys win. They go through enough of those times where they maybe handle it a little bit different next time, and that's how you get to that point. Right. But like all the exemptions and everything that he lost on that freaking twelve footer, man! Holy, they were yeah. flashing on the screen. What he had a chance? He could have been like exempt for like a year and a half on tour. I think like that's that's big for those guys, man. Like that sets you up for a couple of years, just, basically, right? Like we've chatted about this on here before. Like just the difference in prize money between the PGA and the Corn Ferry is like, yeah, well, it's like one. One twentieth of the money down there, like it's yeah. insane. I don't know. It's so that there's a lot riding on that putt, and we, me and Jor both got a uh, a new top five favorite golfer on the weekend watching that also. Oh yeah, the Dan oh. Sab look like Doc Redman. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Who he's say he's so sick, man. I loved his name before, and this was kind of the the first time I ever actually watched him. He's so sick to watch, like unreal, actually. Doc DOC uh, DOC yeah. Redman. You kind of, <laughs> like kind of talked. Sab. You got some. Uh, you got some more golf to get into, Rigo. Here or what? Mm-hmm. Just a couple things. Uh, shout out to our boy Cockrell, fourteenth uh, last week in Cyprus, and he gets uh, another crack at that course this weekend. Things are things are going very well for him right now. He's, He's been playing some really consistent. solid golf. Oh yeah. yeah, that guy does look insanely like. Like down, yeah, it's weird. I'm still waiting for the Saturday morning <laughs> where I wake up and Cockrell's making a push or something on the. Oh, I know. It's usually when I wake up on Saturday. They're playing. It's nice that they're playing that on the on the golf channel now. Eh? I, yeah, I can't remember them playing it that much before. No, I th- I kind of think they always did. Or maybe I'm just paying more attention to it. I, I think, think you just yeah. have interest in it now. Yeah, but, but no, I'm, that's I'm looking cool. forward to seeing him kind of in the mix, even if he's not winning or leading. It'd be nice just to get some some yeah. screen time 
Well, if he keeps doing what he's doing, they're going to start showing yeah. eventually because he's, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like top 20 every week. Like, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and Nick Taylor never played Augusta. Uh, guys, apparently the guy's just pumped, like next level. Gets to play a practice round with uh, Weirzy, Hadwin, and Connors. That's phenomenal. Like, it, yeah, it seems sick. like, speaking of the Masters, uh, Jordy's pretty excited. Uh, he started a group chat with me and Jordy. Wondering why we didn't tell him he won the contest. He had to listen to the podcast to figure it out. And that's, the, that's what that's I told point. him. That's the point. That's the whole point of doing a, a, a contest on a podcast. So anyways, he uh, he picked uh, Rombo with his pick. So that takes the world number two off the board. Big Johnny Rom. What's your nickname for him, Rigo? <laughs> CD. It's terrible. <laughs> CD-ROM, baby. <laughs> I like that. Me too. And so, so with I, that, so Jordy's got ROM, and Rigo got the second pick as determined by a random generator. We going with X. X, X marks the spot, baby. Got to keep picking until he wins. He has to win eventually. Is that every pick you've – oh, no, you had Tig last time. Uh, Tiger. Okay, so that's your reasoning is just because he's he's bound to win eventually. Well, he's absolutely disgusting. he's sniffing. He's been sniffing. Yeah, yeah he's been sniffing. Yeah. I had X on my list too. Of uh, I know that you've been a fan of him for a while, and I've taken quite a bit of interest in him lately. And uh, I just really like how he handles himself. But back to my pick. Oh, I'm so torn between Bryson and Tiger. It's crazy. Uh, I have I have to just go with Tiger. I- I've picked Bryson a few times and I, th- I think that Bryson's going to win, but just to switch things up a little bit. And I want to, I really would love to see Tiger win, even, even be in the mix. I think that'd be a win for him this week. He's been, I think he's been written off by a lot of people right now. So I'm going to take. I can't, I can't remember back to, to last year going into it. He was, he wasn't as kind of talked about negatively as he was, is right nope. now. Right. He won the Zozos. No, that's wrong. He won the Tour Championship. Right. Yeah. This and whole... then he won the Masters, and then he won the Zozos. Yeah, but yeah, it I'm is, so screwed up with schedules. I with, know. So with am I. The whole, yeah, shifting of everything has been crazy. He won the 18 champ Tour Championship. Right. 2019 Masters and 2019 Zozos. Which was yeah. I'm pretty sure the Zozos was before the Masters, wasn't I, it? No, because the Zozos when I was in Ireland last year, and that was a year ago today, or a year ago, a week ago. No sense fighting about it. I mean, somebody will have to look it up here eventually. You yeah. think I'm pretty, prepared or something? I'm, right? I'm 100% that that's what it is. Yeah. I yep. bet my house. Drums, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Tony. Tony Finau. Tony the Tiger. I've kind of picked him before. I have picked him before at least once, um, but I always feel like he he's somebody that's kind of forgotten about a little bit. But I think at some point he is going to have that breakthrough win, and uh, I am banking on it for it to be the Masters. You know, I just thought of two two things. Well, like it's just crazy how the Masters uh, guys get so hot going into it. And then it's like something happens at the Masters that just completely derails them, or like it, like just what I was just thinking about was 
like DJ was like untouchable on top of the world, like the best thing that's ever happened. And then he fell down, fell down the stairs right before Augusta fell down the stairs. And then, uh, Finau was like lights out, like on fire, like chasing oh, after his, his first win. He rolled his ankle. He still yeah. played, but like that was a big factor. And then just... didn't he didn't he dunk in the par three and then rolled yeah. his ankle? Yeah, yeah, that's how he, that's how it happened. <laughs> and then uh, Spieth, I would say it's arguably the turning point of his career on twelve. He's gonna be like David Duval, I think. Yeah. Do you think he'd ever get into that category? Maybe. Yeah. Somebody that was just super hot, the next next big thing, and like fall off the face of the earth. Yeah. Like they don't even show him on on TV anymore. No. They they mix him in once in a while. Just he had an interview last week with it when his dad was caddying or two weeks ago. Yeah. But then also Is the Brian- last thing, sorry, was when was when McElroy hooked into the woods on 10 when he had such a big lead there. Right. That was nuts. And he kind of went silent for a while after that. Was that early in his career? Yeah. That was when he was fat, Rory. Yeah. Chubby Rory. Yeah. Is Brian Gay in the field this week? (laughs) Yeah, he is. I love him, man. We didn't even talk about it. Did you see that shot he hit on 18? Rigo mentioned it, but he hit it from like an uphill lie. And then he he's just walking after, and he just casually he must have like a he must be from the south. He just kind of says, "Go in the hole," like the most casual "go in the hole" ever, and it just goes to six six inches or a foot. And like he wasn't even excited; he just kind of walked after it. Like, yeah, I'm Brian Gay. That just happened. <laughs> Brian Gay. We kind of talked yeah. about that before, though, right? Like just the feeling of knowing that it's good or how yeah. tight it's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then, hey, George, tell him the story about Doc. <laughs> oh, yeah, Doc Redman. I think that was on uh, 16. I, whatever it was, 16, yeah, on par three yeah. there. He, he hit a shot. And because there's so little fans out there, you can kind of hear exactly what they're saying. And so he hits it, and he kind of pulls it a little bit, and then he, he says, go so hard. And then he's kind of watching, and then he's like, actually, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I do so that I like once a week. Yeah, we were that made me think of that too. And we were saying that we take that for granted. And Doc, and one of the best players in the world at the time in the tournament, makes that. Although mistake, that was so. a shot like over the cliff. Yeah, lots of wind, ocean, lots yeah. of elevation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess after all this golf talk we've been getting into, we kind of forgot to mention a pr- significant. Uh, I guess milestone and event that happened today, and some re- and some really positive news. And uh, the deal got done pretty late last night, I think, and woke up this morning to some pretty good news from uh, Rip. So he signed a two-year contract with the Islanders. He'll be back in on the island. Um, pretty big day for him. I mean, you never get too much emotion out of the guy, but super proud of the guy, obviously. And and I yeah, I think a big sense of relief because I yeah. I just feel like if it didn't get done yesterday, he was going to arbitration. You hear yeah, some of the, right. the nightmare stories about arbitration, and I think this is a big relief for both sides just to get it done. When was the final, well, like, uh, or when was the deadline? I think it was the sixth, though. Right. Yeah, yeah Friday. Coming right Friday. up. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, any major shout out to him and congrats, buddy. Definitely. Any arbitration, you're going through lots of uh, negative talk because they're both trying to 
get as low as they can. But yeah, it's it's really good to see that they got that deal done. So what else we got to discuss? Anything else before we get to the questions? I'm excited for the questions. Jinx, you owe me a bubbly and vodka. That's what I'm drinking tonight. I'm out of beer. Oh, I got a whiskey. Sounds pretty good. I haven't had a whiskey in forever. Oh, drumsy. I like I it. got some I got some leftover beers from the weekend. Reggie, kick us off with an easy one. Um first question is from Colton Easton. Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? <laughs> I am gonna Don't say eat. yes. But do you guys not feel like that shit was five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. This is the longest year ever. Never mind that stuff. Like people were doing all that for Halloween. Uh, I was going to say the Lion King, but uh, the Tiger <laughs> King. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, that was this year. Like it seems so long ago. Although March was like two years long. Yeah. Right. That whole thing happened when we were in lockdown or when we were supposed to be shut down for two weeks and now it's November. So yeah. And everybody watched it at Sweet the exact year. same time. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Like that was weird timing. That was like perfect timing for them, because that yeah, show no wouldn't kidding. have caught as much traction if if everybody wasn't sitting at home. Maybe we just discovered the reason for COVID was Tiger Netflix. King? Netflix released it. Might be onto something here. They yeah. probably made a lot of money off of that Tiger King. Actually, the speaking of the Tiger King, who's the guy on there that um, that Joe aligned with? Is it Joe? Jeff. Jeff, he when Brian Gay had his sunglasses on, he reminded me of oh, yeah. that Jeff guy because he has his little soul, soul patch. Yeah. He's kind of yeah, like yeah. a yeah. And like a flatter brim hat. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, crazy. So I, I would agree with drums here. I think that she definitely did kill her husband. I mean, how about she was on Dancing uh, with the Stars? I was, I was just gonna say that. So it goes from like this controversy <laughs> whether or not she killed her husband, and then all of a sudden she's on Dancing with the Stars, like. Are that's you how the world me? is, man. Did that's, you how, see, that's the world we're living in. Did you see, uh, like, her husband, well, the dead guy, his yeah. family, like, paid for uh, a yeah. commercial oh, that was <laughs> during Dancing with the Stars. Like, it was like a $1.5 million commercial they paid for. No. Yeah. yeah. What was the commercial? Basically, like, urging the public to, like, sign petitions and, and talk to Congress or whoever they can to, to get the <laughs> no. ca- case going against her again. Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. And if you had any tips or something too, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I would say that she killed her husband also. I I don't really remember much of that show, but I remember thinking that she was guilty. Yeah, that was a weird time. I think we're going to look back to a lot of moments in 2020 and say, wow, that was a weird time. Drums. First one I got on the docket is from Steve and Lukey. And he says, what kind of conditioner does Reg use? The people are dying to know, Reg. What what kind of conditioner are you using over there? What a stupid question. <laughs> you use any conditioner, for God's sake. Actually, you that's don't a use lie. conditioner at all. You use per no. plus. I, well, sorta. At noon hour, at noon hour hockey, there is a. Uh, so I don't. I wash my hair with shampoo every morning, but then at noon hour, uh, there's a three in one act. So I guess that's shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. So that's what I. That's the only type of conditioner I use for my hair. Yeah, it kind of catches everything all in one. Yeah, it's kind of nice. 
I used to use conditioner every day. I thought that was normal, but I haven't used it for about five years. You you wash every your hair day? every morning? Yeah. That's insane. Why? That fucking rattles. I me. wash mine like maybe once every week or two. Cause I think when you do it that much, like it helps your hair disappear. It's chemicals, I'm, bro. Yeah, I'm over here working with nothing and I never wash my hair. That's why you guys always stink. <laughs> I bathe. I don't. <laughs> oh, how could you not wash your hair every day? I don't know. It just seems like the thing to do. Well, you put water on it, but you don't like put chemicals in it. Yeah, I don't think so. Do you put? So what do you guys go? Through, what do you guys go through a bottle of shampoo like once a year? Yeah, literally. <sighs> do I put product? Yeah, I put gel in it every morning. Yeah. Well, I guess that's different then. Even when I had gel in my hair, though, it's still, I still didn't wash it more than once a week. But I wash my hair like twice a day now that I'm playing noon hour every day. Oh, Reggie, 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 Reggie. And if you guys can't tell, um, I'm not going to put myself, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. I'm not going <laughs> to put that on myself. That you have sick flow? Nope. Nothing. Not going to finish that sentence. I'm not going to put that burden on myself. I have no hair on my head, and you're over there just abusing yours. Yeah, no kidding, man. This is the first time I've ever heard that you're not supposed to wash your hair every day. Like, shoot me. That'll be the only poll next week on Instagram is, do you wash your hair every day? I bet yeah. you – actually, I don't know. I don't know what the result would be. That's the over or I, under. That is a good one, actually. I, I would be very curious to see what the results are. I just don't – my hair looks like garbage, too, after I've washed it, so – I don't know. I don't know. Matt, honestly, this is it. We shouldn't cover too much on this weird topic, but <laughs> like, if I if I don't wash my hair, like, my hair is absolute grease, like the grossest thing in the world. Yeah, but, but maybe like, that's because I wash it every day. Yeah. Like yeah, if I get used to it. Yeah. Look, my hair or is just so don't put gel greasy in your hair. thick. Well, I can't do that. Well, you could if you didn't wash it every day. You're just offsetting chemicals with more chemicals. I mean, this isn't a tree hunter. Google it, cast, bro. So, anyways, what do you got for us? Save the whales, kumbaya. I got a question here from. Uh, we'll start with one from DH uh, Dan Hanna, and uh, he's not on Instagram, but he sent me a message today at work, and he said, "If you got a." If you got a hole in one, he said that he heard this maybe on a different sh show or podcast or something, but he's interested to see uh, the thoughts here. If you got a hole in one on a breakfast ball, do you tell the clubhouse about it? No. Not ever. I'm sure we've gone through this. No? I don't think we have. No, we I went think through you a kinda... part three tournament, but. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But I think you kind of like hold that one internally. Like I kind of have one. But I'm not like you can't tell somebody. No, I got a hole in one after I pumped one OB or something. No, I mean you got you count it. Like you, you would say that, but like you're not gonna like publicize it as being no. A you don't just one. go out and say you got a hole in one because you didn't. You hit it on no, your second 100%. shot. But you could no. say no, no, no. Just hear me out. Hear me out. This is how you would tell people. I got a hole in one on a on a breakfast ball. So you got it on a provisional. It has to be a sentence. It can't just be like, I got a hole in one. 
So you got it on a provisional then? I got a hole in one on a provisional ball or a breakfast ball, whatever it is. She got a, she got you, a par. You can't leave the second part of that out. Okay, but that would be like just for example, another breakfast ball example. Like I, uh, this is why the the debate on breakfast balls came up because nothing, nothing monumental or nothing worthwhile can happen after you take that breakfast. That's ball. right. There will always so, be an asterisk. So if you say like uh, number I one record, number one, you I I hook one into the river on number one at Gilbert. And then I knock one on the green the next time and go on to shoot the course record. I'm not telling people I shot the course record because I didn't. Right. So a lot of people would though, I think. Actually, you know what? I should I should take that back. Because probably if you're hitting if you're shooting in the course record, you probably know enough and respect the game enough not to do that, right? Okay. So, so uh, let's let's not use course record. Let's use yeah. my personal best. Well, you even can't like, tell people yeah. you you can't tell someone, say that you went out and shot sixty-eight at Gilbert. And that was your best. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to tell people you shot 68, are you? I bet a lot of people would. I yeah, maybe so. I would maybe, bet. I, I I'd would bet that too because I think it's a pretty ego-driven sport, right? Like, yeah. Everybody wants to be the lower guy, hit the further shot, hit the closer shot, make the longer putt. Like it's such a such an ego-driven thing that they're just gonna. It's like right. fishing. You ask a fisherman how he did. He he killed it today. And the yeah, he got so. But my point is here, like. He tells that story five or six times to his buddies, and then he just completely forgets that it happens because that's how that's his story. That's history, actually. That's history. That's how history works, too. But yeah, that's his story, I, I right? Would, so he, yeah. he tells five people about it, and then he just kind of forgets that that happened, and then all of a sudden it just didn't exist. I think. I don't know. It's tough to say, but you are right in the sense that you shouldn't. It's not yeah. official. It's not real. It's not uh, legitimate. Yeah, I have a I have one debate point on that. I don't know if we have time, but I, I want to say it because I think people would be interested. We so, got all the time in the world, baby. If there's times when I go out and it, it's like a night, say in May or June, beginning of June, when nobody's really out there, or towards the end of the day when nobody's out there, and so the course is pretty wide open, and you're with like say me and Geese go out in Gilbert, so we get to like hole three and we're both hacking. So, so we're like, no, we're both just all oh, darts. Fine. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but so we're like, we're both pretty pissed off the way it started. We were pretty pumped about the round. So yeah. we go back to the first hole because there's nobody on the course. If you do that and then you shoot the course record after that, does that count? Mm. Yep. You think so? Why not? It's 18 holes. Yeah, you can't swap. Know. You can't swap in and out of holes. Like you couldn't count your number two from your first because it's essentially just going for a practice round. If it's tournament, you can't do that, obviously. But you're still playing holes one through eighteen. That's a that's a round of golf. It doesn't matter what you did before it. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I hope it never happens. But I, I don't know. That's kind of like how the the Tiger Slam wasn't the Grand Slam because he didn't do it that year. He wrapped it around the back end. Isn't that what? Right. Yeah. It's not so like you, you tee off on one and you finish on 18. That's your round. It doesn't matter what you did before it. Does it? Yeah, I don't well, know. what do you that's mean? What that's what I'm asking. Sorry. I'm, I'm at, I'm under the impression that Reg is asking if he shit the bed on one, played the rest of the round and then came back in and played one. Oh, again. no, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm you sorry. get the whole, 
you get to hole three and you've played and you're like both had better expectations for the round. It's a nice night. And you're like, okay, I don't want to hack today. So let's go back and start on number one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Absolutely. That's a round of golf. I, st- I yeah. don't know. I still don't know. Essentially you just went to the range. Exactly. I, I always feel like when we do that, like if I, if we go restart and I birdie number one, I'm like, well, this is a tainted round. Hmm. But. Okay. This is dragging on a little bit long, but yeah. What if you played, what if you played 36 holes in a day? What's the difference? And you shot the best round of your life on the second 18. Would you count it still? Because I didn't restart after three holes. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think the main, the main argument there was that you have an advantage because you've seen where the pins are maybe for three or four holes. Right. But that doesn't matter. Like it's, if you're playing 36, you can still shoot it on the second 18. Right. Okay. Okay. My, my opinion, but it is a, a good argument, obviously. I'll feel better when I'm doing it next year then. <laughs> okay. Rigo, the next question next? comes from, uh, man, this guy, this guy gives us a question or an over under every time we ask of anything, Sean, Sean Rickman, Reichman. We should probably learn how to pronounce his last name. If he's going to be on every week, we will <laughs> ask him. Uh, he says kingdom golf journey, Ryder cup style. Um, Jor, I'll let you take over this one. Cause I know you got a lot to say about it. I don't have a lot to say. We've kind of went over it before on the podcast before. And that was going to be our 3-3-3, three, 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 which is three days, three courses, three-man scramble tournament. And uh, that was pre-COVID, of course, where we got the idea. We discussed it early in COVID. Um, but we still wanted, we try, we want to try to get something together, I think, uh, next summer. So, it's something that t- will take a lot of planning for sure. Once we said it before, if, if you have any interest, we actually did have a few people reach out to us and say that they'd be interested in helping. Um, but it, it would take quite a bit of effort and a lot of people to help out. So it's something that we definitely want to do. I guess if you're listening to this right now and you have any ideas for us, I would say send it to our Twitter account. And uh, whether you have ideas you want to help out or what courses you would want to play, the trouble we've found so far is finding the right time to do it just with the Tamarack and stuff like that. Uh, taking up a lot of August and then people are on holidays, but I do feel that if guys really want to play, they'll make it work. So I, w- I would say time plus locations would be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough to find three courses. Yeah. I mean the, the top, the, the only, you know, the only thing that makes it tough. Well, not the only thing, but, Obviously, being from here, I always wanted to include Gilbert. Um, you could do it with course around Brandon pretty pretty easy, but we always want to tie Gilbert in. And I guess that's my allegiance to Gilbert, but I, I, I don't know. I couldn't couldn't see myself letting that slide. But I think that a lot of people from Brandon would be wanting to go play Gilbert. It'd be a good chance for them to go. Yeah, it'd just be tough to organize everything like that. Yeah. So I guess nothing to report right now, but as we said, uh, send us a message if you have any interest in helping, participating, or you have any ideas for courses or uh, other. Tonight's free ad is brought to you by nobody. Uh-oh. We are the equivalent of a one of those benches you see on the side of the road that says your ad here. That is the Kingdom Podcast right now. What we want to do is we've kind of touched on a lot of Manitoba companies that we're familiar with that we really enjoy. Um, but I mean, you can only do so many free ads. So what we're going to propose is if you've been listening to the podcast and you would like to 
us to give you a shout out to your business or one that you really like and love and, and uh, support a lot, uh, just send them, send us a message on Twitter and we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. So tonight's free ad is nobody could be you. And we hope to hear from you. Love it. All right, let's get into uh, the second part of our questions here, fellas. Drums, what do we got next? Okay, this one's coming from Horny, uh, our boy Trevor Horn. He is asking us who our favorite LPGA player is. Do you guys have an answer different than what mine's going to be? <laughs> well, Brooke Anderson's probably unanimous because yeah, she's 100%. a young, young phenom in Canada right now. But, like, who's your guys, uh, I guess, well, she's probably your all-time favorite, but like, is there anybody that sticks out that kind of uh, molded female golf for you guys, or are you just? Uh, I think I don't think that LPGA. It's slowly building momentum, I think, in the golf world. But like when when I was growing up, there wasn't a whole lot of outside of Annika Sorenstam. Like I could hardly, I don't know that I could name many. I was watching the Golf Channel the other day. Actually, you guys answer that first. Go ahead. I would <sighs> say probably Lydia Cole or Stacy Lewis. That's your favorite right now? Well, besides Brooke, yeah. There's... Right, okay. Stacey yeah, Lewis is unreal. I don't think I have an answer uh, like for right now. The only time I pay attention, unfortunately, and whatever, is when she's in contention and, and things are, are blowing up online about her is the time. Which is okay. Only, yeah. Which is the, like, and that's the only time I'll tune in. Yeah. But like back which in I the mean... day. I don't know. You had like Paula Kramer, Anakin Storenstam. Right. Yeah. Uh, Paula Kramer. Natalie Galbus. Yeah. Natalie yeah. Galbus. Yeah. Drums. I think you're thinking of the best looking ones, <clears throat> but I think that um, <laughs> so? I, I was watching uh, playing lessons from the pros a couple weeks ago. And there was a uh, Mel Reed is her name. And she, she was pretty impressive. And kind of since I watched that, I've been paying a little bit closer attention to her. And like I, might have followed her on Twitter or whatever else, but she's uh she's pretty good. She's very knowledgeable, and I was impressed about how far she can hit the ball. Because Brooke isn't over overly long hitter, is she? I don't think so. No, no, not I think she's just pretty con- consistent in yeah. everything. She's got a pretty powerful move though, so I'm guessing she could move it out there probably like two seventy five, two eighty. I'm thinking, or is that so not? Yes. Some of those women blast the ball, and, and I th- I feel like they're a lot more mechanical than men are. Like men are kind of like there's so many variations of swings, but women are just like, they're so precise and they're so consistent with their swings. I mean, you kind of have to be at that, uh, at that stage, but it's just kind of crazy to me how consistent they are. Yeah. They're probably a more consistent rounded game overall. Right. Yeah. Cause you'll get guys like Bryson or, or Wolf that can just hammer the ball and maybe aren't as good as other people are with their irons, where I, I feel right. like women's game is more just well-rounded. Right. Yeah, that's right. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to keep our eye open more for uh, women's LPGA. golf. LPGA. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we missed a couple, like, uh, Ingby Park, and, like, I'm pretty sure there's yeah. a couple really good female golfers that people are going to be, like, hating on us for not knowing who they are, but... I don't uh, think we're big enough to yeah. have any haters. No, that's right. <laughs> But. Unless you're on TikTok, then there's a lot of bad things said on there. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, that's just the internet. So, all right, the next question is uh, from Rip Ryan Pollock. So, his question was he uh, sent it in yesterday before the match, and I said this might age poorly, 
But his question was, and this will be a short answer, a short question and answer, but his question was, has Reggie ever beaten – oh, it's just says, has Reggie ever beaten Jorah in a match? So, I mean, the, the obvious answer to that is plenty of times. Um, but I thought I thought it was in regards to the match we usually play, but I guess, yeah, that we don't need to get too far into this, but we usually play uh, matches, me and Rigo, pretty much every time we're golfing together and it's usually two strokes aside and they're, they're generally pretty good matches. I would say, Hey, yeah, I would say so. They were, they were a lot easier when, before you got a hell of a lot better at golf. <laughs> I think I was getting more two years. I think I was getting more strokes though too. So yeah, you were, but they seem to be easier and you used to get more rattle in the golf course and you don't anymore. So contribute that to stoicism a little bit, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Well, good question, Rip. Yeah, good Kick question. Rocks. I take I take back my shout out to you, prick. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the, the answer to that is yes. He beats me uh, quite a bit, but and um, in our our, sh- our shit show tournament, I think we're I think oh, we've got yeah. a huge Forgot advantage that. in that. Yeah, I, yeah. Reggie's what was it? Uh, Ruth, Ruthless Ruthie Reggie. and the boys. Ruthie and the boys won quite a few yeah. shit shows in a row. So yeah. I mean, we could get into the logistics of that, but nobody really gives a shit. So. What's up, Rigo? What's the next question? Just to follow up on Rippy's question, <laughs> we, we, uh, I think we've touched on this before on here, but uh, when we ordered ball markers from Jor, help me out with the name of the the company. Northern ball markers. Northern Northern Edge ball markers or Northern, just, just Northern ball markers. Okay, yeah. so we ordered them and they sent a bag tag with it, just out of uh, kindness, I guess, just to thank us for supporting them. And so every time we play at Rossman Lake, we play uh, me, dad, and Jor. Dad gets six strokes aside or whatever, and Jor gets two. Uh, I s- still am the only one who hasn't won it. So dad's won it a, a couple times, and Jor's won it a bunch, and I'm I'm still the only one. So maybe we'll have to adjust the stroke system or something next next summer. I just got to start playing better. But yeah, you got to show two. up. The yeah, handicap, the handicap system, man, it's it's flawed. Anyways, the next question. This one comes from uh, Owen Gillespie out of uh, Portage Library. Um, would you ever use a flight reduced ball if it if it ever became mandatory in a tournament? So basically, would you play the tournament if it was mandatory to use a ball or a flight reduced ball? Personally, I would because, I mean, it's it's something that's going to impact the whole field. I would say that I'm not uh, I'm not a short hitter by any means, but I'm definitely not the longest. Uh, I wouldn't be the longest hitter in the tournament. So I think that it wouldn't have a whole lot of impact on my game personally. I don't put a whole lot of reliance on the long ball. So I wouldn't have any issues with that. I think it would be cool just to see what happens with it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to affect my game in, in in too much either. I'm not uh, I'm, I'm shorter than both of you guys by far. So it's not like I'm winning any tournament because I'm hitting it far. But I think that as long as the consistency is that everybody is using it, I think the, the scores will adjust accordingly. But at the same time, maybe you're just, yeah, I don't know. We can get into this conversation a million times. Like yeah, are people that are hitting it farther still, they're going to be, they're still going to be further ahead than people that aren't. Yeah. That's the question, right? Like, I, I don't know the, the technology into it would be so crazy. I would think maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I have a follow-up on that for he drums after ego answers. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have much. I, I'd probably play, but um, I think people are uh, not confused. I don't want to say confused because I'm not saying my views the right way, but people always just think it's gonna bring back the long hitters to a level playing field, but it's not. It's gonna Everybody. shorten. It's gonna yeah. shorten the shorter hitters that much more. It is just to give the course a fighting chance against the good right. players. I don't necessarily think it'd be. It would help around here. I don't think it's necessary. No. I don't think guys are ripping courses up around here, right. so I don't. I can't see it ever happening locally. But um, yeah, I, I would definitely play in the tournament. I mean, it's just you're still playing golf, so it's just. So what's the be... idea? What really is the idea behind it? Because like it, the ball has a max distance it can go. Because that yeah. still that still would affect the longer hitters more than the not longer yeah. hitters, right? Like if you're hitting at three fifty. And the max on the ball is three, even if we say 300, the people no, that not, are hitting at 300 are still going to hit at 300 or it's going to affect it evenly for each person, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like 15%. So there's driving ranges you go to that there's signs that say balls are reduced by 15%. So the technology is right. already there. Right. They do it. They do it at driving ranges where the driving range isn't as long and they can't have people blasting balls out of there. So they, they can actually use technology to reduce it. Now, would that be consistent? I, there'd be so much yeah. that would go into it. Yeah. So we had this discussion last week and kind of the conclusion on that was that it wouldn't really impact people around here because of the driving statistics that we looked at, the averages. Um, but Patrick Law sent a message to us um, on Instagram and he said, Check out Ian Poulter's video on limiting the loft on the driver per the distance debate. Seemed to make sense to me. Bryson wouldn't be able to swing the driver the way he does with a 9.5 degree loft driver. So instead of changing the technology, he's saying limit the or change the ability for them to decrease the loft on their driver, right. which I think also makes a lot of sense. So if you have a chance, check out Ian Poulter's video on it, on limiting the loft. I guess it wouldn't be limiting the loft. It would be... Anyways, you get you get the point of it because right. I think you Bryson can't lower used, it. yeah. He, he also said that Bryson used a five point five, I think, and like we're using nines and stuff. And I think the majority mm -hmm. of tour players will be playing nines. And he also mm -hmm. added that they're currently developing a project in Minnedosa to actually add tee boxes further up for people. Oh, so that he said that shows you where my head is at for distancing or distance affecting the average golfer. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Definitely. I guess to conclude on that, right yeah, we probably wouldn't be in any tournaments where they're playing in flight reduced balls because we don't have the same impact on courses as other, as the pros you, do. You would also have to like, without a doubt, play like a handful of rounds with these reduced ball flights. Cause I mean, out, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you're, imagine, just imagine like, I know you're trying to use it to calculate, but imagine playing around on the fly with a reduced ball flight golf ball trying to adjust the distance that you could hit it. That'd be actually pretty fun. It'd Go be play hard, in Ireland. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, there's or, three, two or three club wins here. Like that's, I was hitting five irons from 130 yards on some holes. Like it's just, it's a different, something that you'd never see here. Right. Yeah. And, and they the also same said kind about of, Mexico, right? Well, that one pretty much any, any, yeah. Coast. I don't know if that was on the coast. I think that was just so much elevation and heat change or whatever it was. That, oh, okay. Remember those oh. guys were just battling like Tiger and Rory when they played in that uh, World Golf Championship there? They were having that conversation like, 
you know what club you're supposed to hit, but you can't trust you're going to hit a nine iron 230 right. yards. Oh, yeah. So it's the other way there. Or, yeah, because it's elevation yeah. changes and I don't know, it's, it'd be crazy. But those guys, so you kind of have to appreciate what the PGA players do week in, week out, going from different venues. Like we play the same type of course every yeah, right. week. That's true. Very true. So that's kind of why they go there on Monday, I think, to get used to the surroundings. But drums. So this next one comes from Travis Saban or Saban. Uh, he's asking, where did you guys, I'm referring to you guys for King Golf, where did you come up with the idea to start the business? Rigo, do you want me to answer first? You can chime. Yeah, well, you pretty much had all the startup ideas, so you can... Well, uh... yeah, I would just say that, I mean, I think that me and Rigo have been talking about starting kind of like a golf company for many years now because it is something that we um, clearly love more than anything else uh, in the world. But uh, it was something that head covers just kind of came out of the blue almost, it seemed. I remember being in Phoenix maybe three, four years ago now, and uh, I bought a head cover there with a Canada flag on it. I think it was $90 American or something crazy like that. And uh, I mean, I was in college or something. So that was a lot of money for me then. But I was just, I couldn't believe how cool it was. So I was like, I got to take, I got to buy this. And I'm still in this office here. Um, it's one of my favorite golf things, I guess, and kind of kickstarted this whole thing. But then, uh, I mean, we, I came across Lucy on Instagram. I'm sure I've told some people this before and she, she was making leather purses and I thought that her purse reminded me of my head cover. And I said, do you want to try making a head cover for us? And, uh, she made a few prototypes, I guess you'd call them. And me and Rigo laugh at them now because they look so different than what our current head covers do. But, um, it was just kind of a, it was a really cool way for us to get into golf because it is, it was something different, especially in this part of Canada, I guess that nobody was really doing. And, uh, it's transpired into other things and this podcast being one of them. So I think it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I would like to get it into maybe a half an episode sometime and just kind of go through things that we've learned throughout our King golf year and a half we've been doing it. But uh, I don't know, I guess if, if I don't know how much value that would be to people or not, but we can kind of uh, figure that out later. I, th I think the funniest part about uh, uh, the whole King golf thing for me is that, like just how it all started and like we're drawing like different logos and stuff that we want to use and like different names and stuff. Like we didn't even, well, I should say I didn't know that our name was going to be King golf because I, I don't know. I just, this idiot at the bottom of the screen there, uh, he lets me think that I have any kind of control of anything. And he's asking me what, what type of name I want for the company and all this and all that. And then basically at the end of the day he says to me what do you think about king golf and i'm like yeah that's that's actually a pretty good idea and he kind of explains where he came up with the name and then all of a sudden he's like okay well i've already got a twitter page started and it's at king golf and it started in 2016 so i mean he let me think that i had any kind of say in anything to do with the golf company and he already had the name picked out for three three years already like it's like, okay, I guess, cool. yeah, just to defend myself a little bit there. Every time I kind of come up with an idea that I think has a little bit of weight to it, I just, I set things up like that in case it does happen. Like I didn't, oh, I was, uh, definitely yeah. wasn't set on that. Honestly, like I probably have 20 different Twitter accounts with different random shit that I've came up with and King golf is one of them. So, 
it's it was started in 2016 but we launched in i guess 2019 so yeah it's been a pretty good I, I year guess, so far yeah um <laughs> my, my questions from uh our buddy bizman 22 <laughs> biz and he uh he just ordered a couple head covers from us and one's one looks pretty sick and he got the canada canada cup one too but uh he says, uh, "What's your what's your preference on putter grip size? Personally, I wouldn't go back to a small grip. Yeah, it's not something I talked about on here. Yeah, and it's not something I think anybody ever thought of until it became like a big fad, and then you just kind of try it because everybody else is doing and it. The fact that it works and it feels correct with a putter, um, I'm the same as him. I don't think I'd ever go back to to a normal or a slim slim grip." So you use a fat grip? Yeah. Like medium or fat? Uh, medium. Yeah, I'm and the... You've been, uh, you've been putting oh, sorry, good. Dave. No, drums had a good year on the greens, I think, this year. Yeah. The past two years, I've been having... So Contributed switched... to that or no? Sorry, Rigo. No, that's okay. Well, I think it's part of it. I think it's my whole comf- comfort level on a green. Right. Like as, much, as much as everything in, in golf is mental i think the comfort level on a green is is the biggest mental thing you can do For on sure. a green right yes so yeah definitely definitely contributes to to putting and we've talked before if you're making putts you're shooting a lot lower because putting is everything in golf yep on a good day um i switched to a fat grip not fat i shouldn't say fat because it's like a slim 1.0 so it's like the smallest one there ever was uh, we were actually in PEI there, George. That was the first time I ever tried a fat grip. And we went into the uh, golf store there and I put one on. And I, I used the claw grip, basically like Phil, where the hand, the left, my left hand is a lefty, is barely even on the putter. So I, I struggled um, even with that grip, uh, just holding on to it. And it wasn't until this past year, uh, they, the same company, what, what the hell is that company called? Superstroke? Yep. came out with a uh a claw like the, the i think they actually came out right. with the last year and i meant to get one and i didn't yep. and this year i ordered it and like i'm not gonna say that was the reason my putting turned around but when i got that grip on it was like i made more putts i think than i've ever made in my life maybe hmm. since then and it's just probably all mental but it, it just feels good in the hand it's got like so most grips are uh like they'd be round all the way around and then flat on top. Yeah. But this one's like, com- they're not flat on top. They're all just round and you, yeah. you hold on to them. But yeah, this one's completely flat on top. And then it's got like on the bottom, it actually has a, has a spot on the, on the putter grip for your bottom, bottom hand to fit on there. So it's kind of oh. like a trigger grip on the bottom and then just a flat spot for your hand to sit on on the top. So it's like, I mean, it's set up. It's called the claw, so that's what it's for. But I would highly recommend them if you uh, if you use the claw grip. I think for me, I've n- personally, I've never had a, a fad grip, so I, I, I'm probably the wrong person to be answering this. But um, I've been kind of putting around ever since golf ended. And actually, the funny thing about that is we went to golf at Deer Ridge yesterday. And uh, when I was driving there, I realized I didn't have my putter in my bag. It had been left in my basement. Um, so I putted with my three wood for the first, uh, nine holes there, but, and I guess this kind of ties into that and I was putting around and I, I was kind of messing with my grips and stuff. And I thought like, 
I don't know if it's a thing or not yet. I don't think it is, but why don't guys use different grips, like grip, I guess, where your hands would be for different putts. Like I would feel more comfortable putting with my normal grip from a longer ways away just because I feel I have more feel there. But I also get pretty wristy when I'm near the hole. So why wouldn't I switch to like a claw grip when I'm three feet in or something? Like I know it's hard to wrap your head around that, but I mean, I was watching the golf channel today and I think it was uh, uh, Brooks talking about DJ or, or whoever it was, but DJ switches putters like every tournament, it seems just because it's confidence, right? Like there are some putters who are more robotic and just kind of have a steady uh, stroke. And I, I'm thinking Scotty McCollum would be one of those guys, right, Rigo? Yeah, Tiger. But then there's Tiger, and but then there's someone They're like in the me same who's, category. <laughs> who's like, I'm a lot more um, feel like I'll change things round to round almost just how it feels, right? Like I'm I'm far from a robot on the course. So I'm just, I might try that out next year. I don't know. Like whatever the hell you did yesterday. True. Yeah. I mean, 10 true. out of 10. That's what, I, and that's kind of where I got the idea from is I would, I'd be putting in my basement and I would make one putt with my normal grip and then I'd miss two or three. And then I'd try the claw grip and I'd make it the first time and then miss the next ones and then reverse grip and then make the first one. So it's just kind of like changing it almost just because I don't like trying to focus too much on the same hmm. mechanics yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, I'll I do, mean, I'll do my normal grip, which now is uh, the opposite hand. So my my left hand's lower. But on anything like 25 or kind of more or super long putts, I'll just kind of go back to like normal style just because that's right. what feels comfortable for yeah. for those long putts. I don't know. I, and I don't know why. It, it just It's a pure comfort thing. Okay. So maybe people do do it then. I didn't really know if that was a thing or not, but I figured why don't people do that if they feel more comfortable based on the length of the putt and, and maybe think, even the break of the putt. Yeah. I think Phil did that at one time, actually. But <laughs> um, He also tried stopping his putter at the end of his backstroke for a second and then going forward to get it in the proper position. So the fact that nobody did that at the Ironman just to get past number 16, just hit it and then go behind the hole and tap it in and just end it and <laughs> take a five. It's crazy to me, but. No, I mean, he took his stroke back and stopped it there. And then oh. he he would get in the right position, and then he would follow through. Like, it wasn't like a fluid motion. He would stop it in that. the backswing. He only did it for, like, a tournament or a day. Kind of like a kind of like Hideki. Uh... Right, his swing. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, we could save that for another day, because I want to get a little deeper into it. Just your transformation from a uh, a blade putter your whole life to your first mallet that you've ever had. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to know because your putting stroke and your putting looks 10 times better with the new one, but we'll get in. I want to, I want to talk yeah. about that further on okay. a different day. But yeah, we have, we have a few more questions here, but I think we should maybe wrap this up. We're, we're probably over an hour now, I would say. Yeah. We're obviously not going to get into our segments today. So I'm thinking maybe sometime in the next little while, we got a few really cool episodes coming up with some um, different guests, I guess you'd call them. And we're pretty excited about them. So I think we'll just leave this here maybe tonight and uh, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll maybe do a part three, maybe in the next month or two or something. So. Yeah. We'll say goodbye okay. for, for this week, for this episode. Uh, the next time you hear our voices, it will be master's week. Oh, magical week of the baby. year. 
it's better than Christmas. It's better than your birthday. It's better than everything. Um, <laughs> we'll chat. We'll <laughs> chat with you guys next week. We'll try to cover uh, a few different topics with with uh, in regards to the Masters. Um, like George said, we're gonna have some different guests, some some cool ideas that'll hopefully help get everybody through the long winters that we're we're accustomed to, and uh, and get us into the next year of golf. As always, we'll say. If you keep listening, we'll keep pumping these out. Continue to follow us on social medias, Twitter. Do we get a Facebook? It's a good question. No. We don't get a Facebook. So Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube, where you can see our ugly mugs. Uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll chat next week. Love you, boys. Peace. Love you, boys. Bye.